Good afternoon. Welcome back to Crest in the Afternoon, Tuesday, January the 9th. Before we continue, I want to say a word of congratulations to another member of the EWTN radio family, Christ Our King Radio, in Louisiana. It's, they're celebrating 12 years with us, with three AM and FM stations serving Lafayette, Kaplan, and Opelousas. Congratulations to Anne Maria Moulton and her great team at Christ Our King Radio from your friends here at EWTN. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be taking a look at the mysteries of revelation in sacred scripture and natural revelation. So this first segment is going to focus primarily on natural revelation. St. Gregory of Nyssa wrote that all the fullness of nature together in some way bears the image of God. But how precisely does the fabric of the universe as a whole manifest its divine origin? We talk now with Matthew Ramage. Matthew is professor of theology at Benedictine College. He's the co-director of its Center for Integral Ecology, and this has become an area where he's researched and written quite prolifically on of late. His research and writing concentrates especially on the theology of Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, and the wedding of ancient and modern methods of biblical interpretation, the dialogue between faith and science, and stewardship of creation. Now, the list goes on. I want to invite you to take a look at Dr. Ramage Matthew's work at MatthewRamage.com. That's R-A-M-A-G-E dot com. Matthew, how are you doing? Great, Mark. It's good to be with you again. Likewise, likewise. Truly good to hear from you. So I, I, I read this work with, with a lot of delight, and as usual, I, I see these beautiful Ratzingerian undertones in your writing. So uh, you're continuing in this theme of of evaluating a sound, integral theological ecology in, in the way you write. So we're not overtly glorifying creation as if we were co-opting the language of the pagans, but at the same time, the language of proper stewardship of our common home necessitates theological comp- uh, contemplation of God. So, uh, you know, just tell us about how your life has been enriched by this work of research. Yeah, and, and it's expressed most recently in this column, God's Two Books, that I'm doing with Catholic World Report that we're talking about really today. The idea that God wrote two books that you're talking about today, the, the nature and the revelation, mm-hmm. is, is immensely life-changing for me, because I, I, I love spending time in nature. I grew up that way. I studied science for a large part of my college career like you, and it's one of those things where I find the most delight, just seeing the beauty in God's good earth, whether it's a caterpillar whether it's a sunset, uh, a beach, or the seven inches of snow in my backyard right now. And, mm. and so, of course, I'm also a scholar of Scripture, but grace builds on nature. And, and so, <laughs> once, you know, I see what all, you did we there. Knew, yeah, like we all knew this, but then it's one of those things when it really hits home, when you start reading the Church Fathers and you see, oh my, they, they believed this 2,000 years ago. This is nothing new. And of course, it's in Ratzinger, it's in all these great modern figures, but it's been a great joy to go back and do some retrieval of the fathers and put those guys into conversation with some of the more modern thinkers in the modern ecological movement and say, hey, you know, the Catholic Church has a more robust, healthy, holy approach to care for creation than you're going to see in the secular world. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part of this, is how right. we bring the Church's teaching to bear on the environmental enterprise. You know, in my own reading of uh, physics, I, I have a deep love for quantum mechanics, but I, I do d- uh, try to keep up in you know cosmological research, and I, I've seen that 
physicists tend towards one or the other school, and they seem to be antithetical to one or the other school as a result. But the the Catholic worldview is the only one that enables enables us to see that the the mystery of God is found in the order of air, anything from subatomic particles to the grand majesty of the entire cosmos. So I I love what you're doing with this intersection between science and theology, and I love reading all that you put out. So. Specifically, what you're doing with Catholic World Report, yeah, in, in drawing from the two books of God, the you've got the Liber Naturae, the, the the Book of Nature and the Book of Revelation, right? So, tell tell us about how how you how your research has been going. You know, like what kind of direction has that been taking? Yeah, well, the direction as of late has been I, I'm writing a book essentially on Ratzinger's ecology, and he speaks a lot about man having a covenant with creation, and mm-hmm. it's really just. Genesis, it's the flood. We exit the ark, and, and Noah is told by God that I make a covenant with you and every living creature that is with you. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we've not reflected upon enough in Catholicism, really. And, right. and Benedict took that to heart, and Francis has tried to pick up on it as well. But one thing Benedict, for all his merit, didn't do, I mean, he had a little bit of other job going on, namely governing the church, <laughs> but um, is he didn't really get into the patristic foundations and even the biblical foundations of this concept. So I've been trying to flesh that out. As ever, you and I have talked about so much before, it's about the ancients and the moderns together, and it's about Scripture and nature. So what I want to do then is say, okay, here's the modern people on the subject, here's the ancients. And, uh, what, what I'm trying to do in the God's Two Books column is bring in some of both. I'll probably move more into Scripture later. Right now it's heavily patristic, Mm. But that's just been the great joy is um, getting out my Logos Bible software and digging through fathers <laughs> and New Advent, you know, and my and my physical library and and so on and so forth. So, um, like you mentioned, the Gregory of Nyssa quote: uh, these guys in the first millennium saw that all creation reflects God in some way. Every creature, even those most inconvenient, like the mosquito. Uh, reflects God in the world. And, of course, the eagle reflects his vision, his omniscience, right? Right. Everything, even winter storms reflect God, even death in some way. And that's kind of the latest piece on the Paschal Mystery proclaimed in creation. You know, we we all have our own forms of suffering with me. I always talk about my lupus because it's always there in front of me, and something always causes suffering every day. So, uh, one thing I think about a lot is how, okay, well, when I'm living this Paschal mystery of suffering and resurrection in my own life, I'm actually entering into the rhythm of the universe God made, which has a Paschal cadence to it. Right. Death and resurrection, as Aquinas said 700 years ago, was already in the natural world well before there were humans. So uh, we don't want death, and yet that's part of God's providence, because without winter death, winter cold at least in this part of the world, we're not going to have fruit in the spring. Mm-hmm. Right, and to that end, you quote St. Ephraim of Syrian in this article that I'm looking at from on Catholic World Report about how the the fruit hanging on the tree prepared to scatter its seeds is imbued with the fair mystery of the cross, while the living seed hidden in the earth preaches the resurrection. And we don't often think about that. I mean, I must say, even when you said that the imprint of God can be found in as some, something as lowly and annoying as a mosquito, up all the way up till, say, the, the grand, uh, exquisite beauty of, say, a sunset, we, we don't stop to ponder that reality enough, do we? No, not at all. Uh, and to me, it's as a gardener, 
this is very helpful because you know you, you could put forth all your effort into this tree or this plant and you take care of it for years and it just up and dies and gets a disease like I seem to have one of my fruit trees do every year and and that's part of God's plan his permissive will uh, and that's you know ultimately only going to be seen fully in heaven but it's certainly for our sanctification and even one of the things that's mentioned there by Ephraim is the prolific nature of God producing seed, the very fact that in nature, far, far more seeds are produced than will ever actually mm. live uh, into adulthood, uh, establishes something about the generosity of God. And in fact, there's even a great Ratzinger quote on that that a priest friend pointed out to me. If you don't mind, I want to kind of paraphrase. This is just too good. Oh, Marcus go ahead, please. To, I, I got to pull this up here. Um, Let's see where this is. This is magnificent. Generosity is the divine trademark of creation. The miracle of Cana, the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves, are signs of God's superabundant generosity, which is the essential mark of his activity. He squanders millions of seeds in order to save one living thing. Mm. That activity that squanders a whole universe to prepare a place for the mysterious creature of man, that activity, the last unheard of generosity goes himself to save the thinking reed and to lead man to his goal. So there's Ratzinger picking up on the same idea. He gives us way more than is really needed. And it's a, an icon of his super abundant love, really. Yeah. And that, that brings to mind a theme that you yourself drew out, which is even when we think about God's superabundant love, this notion of kenosis is really seen in nature. Like you watching your tree die, despite all the work that you put into it, calls you to empty yourself of desire and the desire for control. And at the same time, watching all these seeds die so that one thing may live shows you that God wants to participate in our work of kenosis in some way. And I know it's a pretty Balthazarian principle, but you, you highlight that. So talk to us about it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things from Balthazar I appreciate, and Larry Chapp that I ended up quoting in there, Chapp's very well known right now for his, his more current work, but he wrote a great scholarly work related to this topic and how uh, every creature gives itself sacrificially. Mm. Uh, Balthazar says even presenting itself to our, our senses is a sort of offering of the being toward us to be received with joy. But everything has to die. That's the law of the universe, C.S. Lewis. And uh, Fulton Sheen uh, even has a great text here where he says it's the law of immolation. You That's can't right. avoid it, right? And and really the foundational text, though, lest I forget, that really underlies all this is John twelve twenty four, where Christ says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it bears no fruit. Mm-hmm. It, really, our Lord himself was looking to the natural world as an icon of his paschal mystery and so it's a a principle that applies to the entirety of nature that things must die to live but then like scripture has its literal meaning that points to the spiritual it's of course also about christ and about us but furthermore when we read the entire canon especially the new testament christ is he in whom and for whom all things were created like paul says in colossians so Mm -hmm. everything is going to reflect this because Everything in some way bears the stamp of God. So that, that's Gregory. His, Gregory's point, basically, is that man is the image of God, but 
he also says in some way all of the fullness of nature bears the image of God. It's a pretty daring expression. Right. Uh, but that's what Gregory of Nyssa is saying. And, you know, that flies in the face of our modern Cartesian dualistic perspective of the world that, you know, the inner man must break this kind of, you know, Foucault. And, and we could go on and on. I've been talking to Dr. Matthew Ramage, professor of theology at Benedictine College, co-director of its Center for Integral Ecology. I want to invite everyone to pick up a copy of his article, The Paschal Mystery Proclaimed in Creation, published by Catholic World Report. I'm Marcus Peter filling in for Al Cresta on Cresta in the afternoon.